Welcome to The Paleo View. I'm Stacey Toth, best-selling author and co-creator of PaleoParents.com, where we focus on real-life solutions for families seeking help. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times best-selling author and creator of ThePaleoMom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. A good. I was going to say good morning, and then I realized it's really not morning, and like that would just be really weird. Awkward. Well, it's maybe it's morning for some of our listeners. Good morning, listeners. Good morning. Oh. See, it's such a nice thing to say. I'm sure that we just exploded their car speakers. And they're like, <laughs> gosh darn it. What happened? You know, it's morning somewhere. Indeed. It's definitely morning somewhere. It's kind of the opposite of morning right now for you and me. Hey, um, you know what's super exciting? No. Yes? No. I finished Orange is the New Black, which I started after the end of Game of Thrones. The book or the... No, of course, of course okay. not. Just, well, I, I am, I am reading, I am reading fiction right now, which is amazingly wonderful. You're really onto something there, but that's another uh-huh. topic for another day. Like, it's the only place that my mind is really, truly free. And I'm like able to immerse myself without like having that weird voice in my head all the time that type A personality people have. So all you type A personality people... Download a good fiction audiobook. Do it. Teen, teen romance dystopic future novels being my favorite genre. Mine are magical fictions about teenagers. So Eight. take your it's pick. It's all about the young adult. <laughs> There's no better place to lose yourself and get free than in a teenage fiction novel. <laughs> anyway, um, I forget but, even what I was talking about before I got uh, off on my side rant. I, you were we were celebrating something. We yeah. were celebrating you reading a book. Is that what yeah, we were celebrating? Yeah. Oh, the end of the shows. Yeah. So yeah, I, you right. said you said book, and I said no. It's a show. Right. I, it's a show. I remember that now from three minutes ago. Yeah. Totally. Um, off to a great start on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Four years, and we're still two thumbs up. <laughs> Not all of them are good, folks. Not all of them are good. Uh, let's, let's see if we can raise the bar a little bit. Um, I, we're talking about one of my favorite topics tonight. I I, I know what it is. It's one of two things. It's organ meter sleeping. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, I'm just, we are going to talk about sleeping, but I'm just going to throw it out there that, uh, organ meat is super high in tryptophan. Uh, which is the precursor <laughs> for serotonin and melatonin. So a high tryptophan diet is actually can promote better sleep. I'm just throwing it out there. So you combined are linked. your two favorite things here in this, in this podcast. Yes. Jeez. Well, I mean, in that one sentence, and now we're going to talk about sleep, but like it happened. So it was pretty amazing. Boom. Drop the drop, mic. Drop the mic. Um, <laughs> You know, you know, I can't say that without doing the dorky hand motion. Right? I, I was like, actually <laughs> mimicked your hand motion. Like, I wish that you could have seen me mimicking you. And you even probably though I did it. You. you probably did it too, like half a second before I did, because I my hands were in my pocket, so I was like totally like you slow had on to the pull trailer. your hands out. Of I had your to pocket. pull my hands out. I don't know why my hands are in my back pockets. I don't know why. Um, 
I don't know why. That's some next level stuff right there. Um, it's a, it's a, I, I, I got nothing. Um, and we're talking about sleep because, um, sleep is hard. I think that's, that's the thing that I've really come to, um, to recognize when we, I don't know, do you, I mean, do you remember when we went on the big book tour together? Uh, what, is a book tour? Seven cities, seven days, yes, and they're playing every day, and we went to all the places. I actually I- really liked the book tour. You talk about it like it was this little <laughs> thing, but I still look back and I'm like, oh, that was the time of my life. Because literally, uh, I like, yes, anyway, we didn't sleep. By the end, I was a zombie. Yes. Um, no, it was it was such an amazing experience um, and one that made me realize that I'm really much better on weekend trips. But important life lesson to learn there. Um, no, so I remember we had a lot of interactions with people who were following the autoimmune protocol. And it became this like on that trip, it became this thematic. Every single yes. by the middle event, of the by the middle of the trip, you would look at me and I would say it for you because right. it was like the same question and answer in every city. So I, we'd have this conversation that was, I've been following the autoimmune protocol for X period of time, and I am not experiencing this particular result. So maybe I've come part way, but I'm still dealing with this. Or how much longer do I need to do this before I see a result? And, um, you know, there's when you're not experiencing the results that you're looking for in the autoimmune protocol, there are a lot of different things that be good peak going on, but it became my, my, at the beginning of the tour, my first question would be like, well, what's your stress like? And, you know, people would then give me this answer typically that goes, well, I do, you know, yoga and I go for a walk every day. And, you know, like they, the, the response would be, here's all my strategies for mitigating stress. And then my next question would be, how's your sleep? And the answer would invariably be tears. (laughs) And it started by the end of that tour. My first question was, how's your sleep? Because it became so obvious so quickly that as a society, we face such tremendous barriers to getting the sleep that we need. And even when we're people, you know, following the autoimmune protocol, doing all of this work to change our diets, to mitigate you know, really serious quality of life, potentially life-threatening illnesses, it's still really, really hard to put sleep high up enough on the priority list that we're getting enough. And then not to mention the part where you might put it up on the you know priority list and then your body doesn't cooperate and you're like, take forever to fall asleep or you toss and turn all night. And it's such a huge challenge for people. And so, you know, I started talking about sleep um, when my online program go to bed came out in January and sort of talking about like, Hey, you know, here's all the science of why sleep's really important for me. I'm a person who, um, needs to know the scientific mechanisms behind the choice so I can really understand what choice is the best choice. And that helps motivate me to continue to make better choices. So like, here's this epic, you know, it's a 300 and over 350 page, um, you know, ebook. It's uh, humongous. It's got hundreds of scientific references, and um, you know, with a 14-day challenge and all these extra downloads. But it's really about here's why sleep's important, and then here's all the things we know that are other choices we make during the day that impact sleep. And here's when you when you want to distill this down. Here's you know, 14 steps that you can take 
over a 14 day challenge that, you know, is the, the low hanging fruit when it comes to sleep, right? It's the things that give the best bang for a buck. And then from there, right, just like if we're not seeing results on the autoimmune protocol, there's always troubleshooting. Um, if you're not seeing results on the AAP and you've dealt with stress and you've dealt with sleep and you've dealt with activity and you've dealt with the nutrient density aspect, you know, from there you work with a functional medicine specialist and you look for things like uh, chronic adrenal insufficiency, hormone imbalances, um, severe gut dysbiosis, parasite infections, persistent infections, right? There's this like, there's this group of things then that you go, okay, well now I need, now I need the qualified healthcare professional to help walk me through these. Um, and with sleep, you know, there gets to a point where you're like, okay, now it's time to talk to a sleep specialist, get a sleep study done, do, you know, do some diagnostics and find out what's going on. But for most of us, our biggest barrier to sleep is just, not um, not having it high up enough on our priority list. So it's there. It's on the list. But I know I'm a person who will often have like a to-do list uh, for the day. And I've had to get to the point where like I like to – like I don't want to go to bed until my to-do list is done. But I now have a cutoff. So I have a time cutoff. I'm like, okay, you know what? These things now get to move to tomorrow's to-do list because sleep is – higher priority than these things I didn't get to today. And, um, and that was something I really had to learn how to do. Um, and, and it's, it's hard. It's hard to, um, give something up because we want to do everything. We want to watch all the TV shows and be on Facebook and we work more than we've ever worked before. And we also want to get to the gym and we want to cook dinner for our families and we want to spend time with our kids and we want to spend time with our spouses and we want to have a girl's night out. And there's all of these things that come before sleep and study after study shows that sleep is potentially the most important input to our health. There's actually um, starting to be some science showing that sleep um, might be more important than diet. It's certainly by some measures. Um, so for example, one night of poor sleep, um, is causes more insulin resistance than six months of a, a bad sort of Western fast food style diet. And so it's, it's, that's, it's wait, can you just repeat that? <clears throat> that's really one, one night of a sleep deprivation, one night causes higher insulin resistance than six months of a fast food style bad diet. That just literally blew my mind. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing. So um, for example, the statistics just, to me, there's not enough people talking about this. And I know, um, I know it's getting to be more of a hot topic, right? Like, Aaron Huffington just came out with a book and she's been talking about it linked to the paleo community. We have uh, Dr. Kirk Parsley who's been talking about it. And I just feel like I just, I want to get up and scream. Like if you're going to work on one thing, you could potentially get more out of working on sleep than working on diet changes. Not to mention that getting enough sleep changes, you know, it regulates your hunger, it regulates your cravings, it regulates your metabolism, regulates your hormones, regulates your immune system, and it even regulates our stress responses. So we have more proportional stress responses when we've had enough sleep. So like uh, you freak out over the really major life event rather than uh, the traffic's going a little bit slow this morning, right? Like 
you have a proportional stress response to the psychological stressors in your life. And so when you work on sleep, like making healthier choices just becomes easier. People who don't get enough sleep are twice as likely to have an addiction. Um, They are um, approximately 60% as likely to be obese. Um, Long-term health risks are um, anywhere between, right, the, I mean, it shortens lifespan, like increases risk of cardiovascular disease by uh, 50 to 60%, but like stroke, it increases risk by double. Um, it, it just over and over and over again, when you look at the statistics, you're like, wow, sleep's really important. Um, it's on the same playing field, the same like order of magnitude impact on our health as being obese being sedentary and not eating vegetables. Like that is how important sleep is. And, um, and we, you know, we've shifted from, you know, I think a couple hundred years ago when the sun went down, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot to do. Right. Um, now we've got all these things, right. And so we, we put sleep off for, playing and we put sleep off for working and it's just become such a low priority that 65% of Americans now are not getting enough sleep. And that's tragic, first of all. But also when you look at like the rises of chronic illness, it's like an exact match to the downward curve of sleep. And we keep going like, oh, it must be high fructose corn syrup and it must be trans fats and it must be um, the low fat diet propaganda from the 70s. And we've got, you know, it must be all the extra gluten in and these refined products and fast foods. And we've got all these like uh, culprits, right, that we want to blame. And I don't want to say that diet's not important because clearly I have some very strong opinions about an optimal human diet, a.k.a. the paleo mom. But, um, but it's not – Diet is not the only input to health. Sleep is phenomenally important. Mitigating stress is phenomenally important. Being active is phenomenally important. Having meaningful connections with other people in our lives is phenomenally important. And that's why I love the term paleo template. And we've talked about this on the show before, um, you know, because to me, it encompasses not just diet, but lifestyle. Um, But I think that sleep, even when we talk about lifestyle, right, people do paleo and CrossFit, right? And we, we do, we do paleo and exercise really, really well. Um, and, and I want to say, hello, there's this other really, really important thing that, um, you know, if we're looking for optimal health or if we're looking to have our bodies respond to our diets, this other thing needs to be there too. And it, and it's, and it's sleep. So, that became a soapbox that I was totally not intending on doing tonight. I will. I just want to. I'll rattle some cages while you were in a soapbox. But one of the things that I notice in the paleo community that people talk about a lot is this idea of coffee being godlike, and the amount of information that is available and the amount of memes and posts that are made about coffee being the elixir of life makes me really worried about people's health from an adrenal and cortisol perspective. Mm -hmm. Because when you're that tired, you're likely sleep deprived. And so, you know, we've 
had shows before about sleep and you just mentioned now like the things that can happen to you and I know for me personally we've talked about the show there's like this snowball effect of the choices that you make and the things that happen to you hormonally and I just want to encourage everybody who is feeling like the one thing that they can't live up in their life like give up in their life if it's caffeine I just would really like them to either you know look into your sleep book do a sleep challenge or try to go to bed an hour or two earlier a night like I I recognize that we all have really busy lives Sarah and I get that like I'm a full-time working mom I'm a blogger I'm you know I, I get it but my health is more important than anything to me because I'm not going to be able to do any of that if I put myself in an early grave or if I can't live my life because I don't feel well. And so while I understand this idea of coffee now, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Like it's a funny joke. Um, it's not actually like it's, if, if you're feeling that way, it's, a sign of health concern just as much as anything else that we talk about with paleo. Absolutely. Um, I think that we have this, um, we have these crutches. So we like, when I talk about sleep, um, the, the most typical response that I get is, um, you know, well, I can't because of, right. I'm a mom with a new baby or, um, you know, I've got to work at night or, well, my spouse doesn't go to bed late and I can't sleep without, you know, my spouse goes to bed at midnight. I can't sleep unless they've gone to bed. Um, you know, there's, there, we have all these excuses and then, um, you know, I, I sometimes feel that when I talk about the importance of sleep, what people really want is like, well, tell me how to be healthy without it. And the fact is there's no supplement that we can take that equals sleep. There's no, like you could spend your entire life indoors and you can have a light therapy box um, to, and to entrench your circadian rhythms and you could take some vitamin D and you can have some indoor active, you know, workout equipment and you could uh, have some bird sounds and a couple of plants and you would pretty much replicate in an indoor environment um, the health benefits of being outside. You can't, there's no way to do that for sleep. What we have is things like coffee, um, energy drinks. Um, there are, you know, energy supplements that often have caffeine and B vitamins and, and certain botanicals in them. Um, they all give us the illusion of energy. They all, make us think we're okay. And then they all erode our sleep quality the next night. So they create this vicious cycle of dependence on these products to make us feel like we have enough energy to make up for not getting enough sleep, meanwhile eroding our sleep. And it's clearly affecting people's health. And the thing that I I like to emphasize is that when we get enough sleep, our uh, athletic performance improves, our cognitive performance, things like memory, critical thinking, logic, pu- solving puzzles, that improves, which means that we become you know, more energetic, our moods improve, we're happier, um, and we can perform better at our jobs. And one of the things that happened for me after um, the Paleo Approach went to print, and I was sacrificing sleep to get that book to the printer, and it was um, you know, a learning experience for sure. Um, was that I discovered that as soon as I 
um, really worked on sleep and I started paying off my sleep debt and catching up on sleep, all of a sudden my productivity about doubled. So the amount that I would get done per hour commitment in front of my computer doubled and I could get more done in less time by taking an extra two hours to sleep every night and sleeping eight hours instead of six. And that was such an eye opener for me. Um, you know, I really like I knew I was relying too much on caffeine and I knew I wasn't feeling good. I didn't realize how much it was impacting my ability to get stuff done. And in the, um, you know, hundreds of people that have gone through the go to bed 14 day sleep challenge so far, one of the, the major feedbacks that we get is like I had, you know, by the end of this challenge, I had so much energy that I was doing more in my day, even though my day was shorter because I was spending more time in bed. You know, I, I, instead of taking a break between, you know, doing the laundry and cooking dinner, I felt like I could, you know, go from one straight to the other. And it's, it's pretty amazing you know, that's dependent on how big our sleep debts are, how quickly we get to that energy place. But it's pretty amazing the feeling when you're finally getting enough sleep. I will say with open admission that there are plenty of opportunities. There are plenty of times in my life where I'm not getting as much sleep as I know that I need or maybe in the beginning I think that I'm getting enough sleep, but then it catches up with me that I start to feel fatigued. And then it's, I don't want to say it's too late, but it's so much harder to catch up at that point. And when I got back from Europe, it was one of those times for me. Like I, it took me honestly a good three weeks before I was caught up on the huge jet lag and sleep imbalances from significant travel like that. And I know that because I'm so in touch with my body that the cravings that I was having and the way that I was feeling and the, you know, the quickness for me to be frustrated with things, like I could feel that it was related to sleep. And I went to bed at 8 p.m. Like I would literally get home, eat dinner and go to bed. Like before the kids went to bed, I was Mm -hmm. in bed and um, I felt kind of weird about it a couple of times. And I, you know, I jokingly said to Matt, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to bed before the kids. And we both like looked at each other and and he was like, you need to go to bed. (laughs) Like, you need to happen. And it's because exactly what, what you're talking about, like with that sleep, kind of sleep deprivation, um, if you don't do what you can to make it better, it will just get worse. Like it doesn't go away. You can't push through. You can't, you know, drink enough coffee to, to make it be better. Like you, like you you feel better in the moment, but then you'll feel even worse when you, you know, come down from that crash or, you know, however you want to think about it. But, um, I just want to state that what you're talking about, like, I don't want people to feel guilty. Like there's a lot of new moms out there and there's people who work night shift and we all are living our lives. And both Sarah and I have both had plenty of periods in our life where we weren't getting enough sleep. But what we can tell you is when we focus on sleep, how much better we feel and how the rest of our health kind of falls into place much more easily. And, you know, there's no sense in going to the gym for an hour and a half every day if your health could benefit that much more from an extra hour and a half of sleep. And I remember 
hearing someone say either on a podcast or blog post once, like if they don't get a certain number of hours a night, they don't allow themselves to go to the gym. Like they, because I think they worked out in the morning. They were like, if I don't get at least, I think it was seven hours of sleep a night, like I don't get up and I don't go to the gym. So it forces them to go to bed earlier. And it also makes sure that It works really well for people who love the gym. Right, that's true. If you're going to use it as an excuse. But, I mean, I just feel like it's important to figure out how you can fit that into your life and then try to work around it. It was not easy for me to go to bed at 8 p.m. after I'd been in Europe and I had a lot of stuff to catch up on between work and the blog and the kids. Like, I wanted to spend time with the family. I hadn't seen them. And it was like, I can't be there for everybody else if I don't take care of myself right now because I could tell that my body was crashing and I was like I have got to get sleep so it worked for me I feel so much better now and um I just think that it's really important for people to to do some sleep but enough about me and your questions I feel like there's one we do have some questions but I feel like there's one like one little point that you hit on, which was, um, new moms. And I feel like, you know, when you're talking about pretty much every other barrier to sleep, um, you know, it's, it's, it, the solutions are not that revolutionary, right? Like the solutions are, you know, well, shift your routine, shift your schedule, uh, ask for help. Um, right. Like it's most other, barriers are not really barriers when you start thinking about it. Uh, a baby who needs to be fed in the middle of the night is definitely a barrier to sleep. And I actually was on um, the Real Food Mamas podcast a couple of weeks ago now, and we pretty much talked about that, the whole podcast. Um, and one of the things that um, I, I kind of just wanted to reiterate here, um, we can put a link in the show notes to that, that episode for other people. But um, one of the things that I want to reiterate is uh, the old adage of sleep when the baby sleeps is a really powerful strategy. And one of the things that happens when babies start uh, developing circadian rhythm, it can be about as early as three weeks, as late as three months, is somewhere in that range. Um, they start to do this long stretch of sleep, their first sleep of the night. So five, six hours. And then it's pretty typical then to be up every two to three hours the rest of the night. And that's a very, very standard baby pattern. Of course, all babies are different. But um, but that first long sleep typically starts at 7 or 8 p.m. And what I had to learn with my babies was I needed also <laughs> – a long sleep. I also needed a five or six hour stretch. You know, we spend typically the first four to five hours of the night, mostly in deeper sleep. And when that's interrupted, that really impacts us. Uh, We spend the last few hours of the night more in REM sleep. So the first half of the night is that deep restorative sleep, really, really important for the immune system and hormone health and brain health. And that last half of the night um, has bigger impacts on things like mood and, and stress. And so what I started doing was my baby went down for their long sleep at seven. I would go down at seven when they were up for a feeding at four in the morning, I was up for the day and I started shifting my day so that what most people do in the evening, I would do first thing in the morning. Um, and of course that's different if you're trying to spend time with, you know, a spouse or, or your other kids, but my husband ended up 
not quite shifting that much, um, but shifting enough that we got to spend more time together in the mornings. And it was just something that we realized we had to do in order to survive our child. Um, but it's, it's not, you know, there is that solution, right? So there is this like very, very, you know, adage that goes back at least hundreds of years, sleep when the baby sleeps. And, um, it's something that as new moms, we tend to still want to be superwomen and still do all the things. And it's really tough to do all the things without sleep. Like sleep really has to come first. And that's actually the the best thing we can do to nurture ourselves in a time of life, which is physically very demanding. That that was all I wanted to say about that. Well, I think it's great to address that, but I, I know that there are, you know, people with all different kinds of circumstances. And for me to say I'm busy, I don't want to say that I know what somebody else's life is like or what they're like. I just know that to live the healthiest, fullest life that you can sleep when you can, whether it's when the baby's sleeping or, you know, or a nap, right. Or nap, or sometimes you go to bed at 7 PM. Um, and for me, if I can't fall asleep right away, I take a melatonin. Like I just, I I don't take them often. I don't take them in high doses. Um, it's a natural solution that, that works well for me. So, um, anyway, you have a lot of ideas in your sleep book for people to kind of get normalized and all that kind of stuff. And I think that it's important for people just to, to figure it out and let's answer some of these ladies questions. Let's answer some questions. Figure it out themselves. Let's do it. So our first question is from Callie, and Callie asks, Hey, ladies, love the podcast. I keep seeing people wearing amber glasses before bed. Does that really help with sleep? So can I break out some old school paleo view knowledge nuggets here for Mm -hmm. the like four listeners that we had at the time? Mark (laughs) Sisson came on the show years ago and told us on the podcast that he was wearing amber tinted glasses and i remember it was the first time that anyone in the paleo community had talked about it i'm just gonna say the paleo view broke the ground on paleo on amber tinted glasses that everyone now it's all the rage do you remember i remember because that was where i even learned about this thing and then went and like looked it up in studies but it was Mark Sisson when Primal Connections came out talking about amber glasses and efflux and um, and how important these things were to not have blue light in the evenings. And I was like, oh, yeah. And um, and it that was really probably the beginning of sleep being as on my radar in terms of an important input to health as it has now become. Uh, so thanks, Mark. I know you don't listen to the show. Actually, I don't know. Maybe he listens. No, he probably doesn't listen. Thanks, Mark, anyways. Um, because that was amazing. That was the first time we had Mark on the show when I girl fanned and <laughs> super embarrassing. Super we should put a link in the show notes for people to go back and listen to that show. It's such a great show. one. Oh, I had like this nervous giggle thing. I was like, oh, Mr. Mark, I'm so glad you're on our show. No, it was, it was, oh, no, it's just, 
we should maybe delete that one from the archives. No, I guess we can't now that we realize it was the first groundbreaking Amber Glasses podcast within the community. Sigh. Um, but the answer is yes. Amber glasses really do help with sleep. There's uh, a number of very, very compelling scientific studies to show that it dramatically improves uh, sleep latency time and quality of sleep. Um, we get into the deeper sleep in the first half of the night easier, takes us less time to fall asleep. Uh, we toss and turn less. Um, and so the way that that works is it's a really – so the number one thing that we can do to entrench our circadian rhythms, prepare our bodies for sleep is mimic – the light dark cycle in our lives. So, um, pretty much every form of life on earth has biological processes that cycle according to a 24 hour clock. Um, and we're no exception. And we have tons of different processes. Um, some that are prioritized when we're awake and some that are prioritized when we're asleep. And, uh, the way that our bodies keep track of, is it daytime now should I be awake and doing awakey things or is it nighttime now should I be doing sleepy sleep things is our exposure to light that's the number one influence on our body's internal clocks and the problem with indoor lighting is it's not bright enough during the day to give that strong sunlight signal so it doesn't replicate the sun it's it's not bright enough by a few orders of magnitude and it's too bright in the evening to replicate that darkness, the importance of darkness and preparing or dimness and dim red lights and preparing for sleep. So the hack for that is get outside for 20 minutes to an hour every day. Um, if you can't get outside, use a light therapy box. So you get that bright, bright light exposure, 10,000 lux or more bright light exposure during the day. Um, you middle of the day is best. Um, and then the other hack for that is turn off lights, keep lights dim Maybe get some red light bulbs um, for for some lamps and have dim red light in the evening. Like think think firelight, candlelight, those types of wavelengths of light. Um, and do things like install Flux on computers, which is free. Um, Apple devices now have something called Night Shift, which is the the free and the newest iOS version of that. So it makes screens dimmer and yellower. So it's it's changing the wavelengths away from blue and down to, to red and yellow. And if you don't have complete control over the light, um, amber glasses, sometimes called melatonin glasses, sometimes called blue blocking glasses, they're basically any pair of glasses with a yellow to orange lens. Um, and there's some really, really fancy schmancy ones out there that you can get now, um, like uh, Swannies. I have a pair of Swannies, and I, I could go to the grocery store wearing them, and I don't feel weird. So that's pretty amazing. Um, but studies show that wearing them for two to three hours before bed uh, dramatically improves sleep. And the reason why it does that is it protects what's called our dim light melatonin production. So melatonin is the sleep hormone. It starts spiking about two hours before our bedtime. Um, and it's triggered by the sun setting. And so what happens when you have that bright light during the day and avoid the bright light in the evening or block it with amber glasses, um, is your body goes, huh, it's, it's nighty night time. Here's our melatonin. And then that improves our sleep quality. So it's actually pretty well documented in the science, um, including the mechanisms and, uh, it's super, super cool. Hashtag amber selfie. Just saying. Cool is 
not relative. It's objective. Right. Hashtag Amber Selfie. But it's not about cool. It's about health. Sleep is the health is the new cool. Boom. Look at all those hashtags you can use. Mm hmm. Um, I think you have one more question. I do. It's from Shannon. I feel like you've talked about a favorite or recommended mattress brand in the past, but I can't find anything on your site. I like all natural latex mattresses with organic cotton and or wool, but I'm open to looking at other options. Do you have something you like to recommend? Thanks in advance. I know you have a brand you're going to recommend. I'm going to go the complete opposite direction and tell you that I super love my sleep number bed, which is... (laughs) It's air-based, and um, so I don't feel as bad about it. And we just get quality sheets and stuff like that. But it's, yeah, that's what we use. And we got approached by a couple of mattress companies. I was like, listen, uh, I like a hard bed, and Matt likes a soft bed. Can you accommodate that? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, this is a, this is like <laughs> the best option for my needs. So that's what I'm sticking with. I actually am not going to come out and say a brand. Um, there are a couple of, of new mattresses out there that are using all natural fibers and, you know, they're, they're completely renewable resources and they're, they're really neat things. And I was offered one, um, about two or three months after my husband and I had bought, went out and bought a new mattress and I absolutely adored my new mattress. And I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't finding a storage place for this. No, no, it's not happening. I love my new mattress. Um, but I will say that, um, there are some, um, some, uh, experts that are recommending firmer mattresses for better sleep. And, um, it might come down to alignment. So I know that, um, the couple of, um, alignment specialists in the paleo movement are talking about firmer sleeping surfaces because, um, that puts our, our bodies into a more natural, um, alignment while we sleep. And so it's, it's just better for our backs, better for our joints. Um, but so I, I will say that, you know, there is some compelling, compelling, um, arguments for a firmer mattress potentially being better. And I know that a lot of the, um, natural fiber mattress brands that are out there are very, very firm mattresses. Um, so that, that's pretty cool. But, um, but in terms of a, you know, I don't like to make recommendations unless it's something that I use myself and love. And since I'm on a, I think it's a Sealy. It's like a name brand mattress that's not anything special or particularly organic or sustainable. Um, I, I can't uh, I can't speak from personal experience there. So there you have it. Not only, I mean, I kind of set you up. I said that I'm sleeping on the sleep number because it's hard for me and mm-hmm. for Matt. And good news for me, you're telling me that. I have the better choice, so I can't wait to rub that in your face, right? Matthew. Like, Matt, you should increase your sleep number. <laughs> right? Is it higher sleep numbers harder? Yeah, I believe that's what it is. I mean, I set my sleep number like 10 years ago, and I haven't <laughs> touched it since. We have had that mattress since I was pregnant with Cole because our mattress was – I had so many problems that I was like, dude, <laughs> like 
this is the investment we need to make right now. We went shopping for a new mattress and the guy was like, I walked in the store. I was like, I want the hardest mattress you have in the whole store. And the guy was like, what? He was like, well, this one's memory foam. I'm like, no, no memory foam. I do not want (laughs) any contouring to my body. I want the hardest plank of wood with a little bit of fabric on it mattress you have in the whole store. And they were like, well, this one that nobody buys over here. And I lie on it. I'm like, yes, yes, this one. This is my fur mattress. I like this. Um, but I've always liked so, it. Well. Shannon, I apologize that you asked us a question that's a completely we didn't valid. Answer. It's a completely valid question that you're asking. And neither one of us um, is giving you the answer that you're looking for. <laughs> Every once in a while, though, I think it's good to to have a question on the show where we give yeah. completely wishy-washy non-answers. Yeah, I mean, here's the the truth of it is exactly what you said, right? Is we only feel comfortable talking about and endorsing products that we personally I mean, I totally could have signed up for an affiliate yeah. program and be like, this ABC oh, yeah. mattress is totally the best. Yeah, totally. But I don't sleep on ABC mattress. And I think that you have a coupon for people that want to try out quality mattress with the sleep program or at least you did when you originally launched it do you know if it's still included i don't think it's still active okay well nonetheless so you can check out what that was because it was clearly a good brand but i mean it was a company that gave us a coupon to pass on so that was cool yeah right dear Uh, shannon we're sleeping on old stuff that's that we've had for a long time well you know what part of the reason that i chose a sleep number bed we didn't talk about this at all this is important to sleep is you can't get bed bugs and also there was like an outbreak of bed bugs you live in a bed bugs outbreak place when i was pregnant with cole we lived in an apartment complex and there were there was there was a situation in other people's apartments and i was like i don't need that problem happening here so there you go if that's a situation for you it's another thing to consider. But it's really just an expensive air mattress. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> I love it. With two sides. We've had it 10 years. But when we set it up, I was like... Do you ever roll off the hard part onto the soft part? Um, sometimes I'll straddle like in the middle of the bed, like sleep like a big X, and I can feel the, the difference. The there. difference? Yeah. But we have a king-size bed, so it's not like that. It doesn't happen very often. I was just trying to picture if there was like because it's soft on one side if it's like downhill. No, it's it's just kind of like you can feel the line down the middle where it changes. Yeah. All right, there you have it. All kinds of information on sleep, including a question we can't answer. Well, we did answer it, just not the way Shannon wanted. No, she wanted a brand, and we came up with uh, we like our beds <laughs> <laughs> that are not organic cotton. I just. I just get organic cotton sheets. Gee, what was the one that um, Bill and Haley got a couple years ago? Do yeah, you there's that? you can like Google Paleo mattress, and there's bloggers that worked with you know vendors that sell yeah. the mattresses, and they did reviews and stuff. I also got offered to do that stuff like you did, and I was like, "What? No, I, I am, I am very strongly committed to my mattress brand." <laughs> like, it's like you should have talked to me four months ago before I bought this mattress. Um, but yeah, so Bill and Haley from Primal Palette, I, I distinctly remember their excitement over their mattress. So yeah, Shannon, I know. if you're looking for like personal recommendations of somebody who slept on one, um, that's certainly where I would start. I know Julie Bauer from Paleo OMG recently did a review as well. Yeah. So awesome. Well, Sarah, speaking of sleep, 
it was great to talk to you, but it's getting late. Yeah, it's not actually the morning. And even I though we started the show with good a good morning. morning. No, it's good night. Yep. I am committed to my sleep quality. Um, I am. I mean, I, I, I just need it. So <laughs> I, I actually, I really think that the, um, you know, the huge PRs that I've had recently um, at CrossFit and just how strong I've gotten in the last, um, like six months to a year. A, a large part of that is has been just making like an absolute line I don't cross with my sleep, and um, and I yeah I'm not going to cross that line. I'm going to go to bed. Is what's going to happen right now? Boom! Drop the mic. Gains. In addition to all of the other benefits, gains, gains. with a Z. Z. Oh, your Canadian came out right there. Well, you know I have been in it's cute. I, I like it. I, I'm sad when it's not around. Um, Say avocado. Avocado. See, you still got it. All right. Excellent. Phew. Whew. We're worried about that for years. So I have to, that's why I have to go home every summer is to get my, <laughs> my new, like, infusion of Canadian accent back. I have, to remember, I have to remember what I say. It's like, do I say progress or progress? I can't remember. It's progress. <laughs> I say progress. I, I do remember that one. But uh, every once in a while, I'll order some some cilantro and i'm like wait a minute what happened no, i just said like, that american way the other day we had my mom over for dinner we made something that had a southern nut in it and a pecan i called it a pecan, pecan even though my mom raised me to say pecan because she's i know that's actually south. like a regional thing so from the south they also say pecan so. yes and my Fine. mom's eyes bulged out of her head like she wanted to smack me upside the head like i was a kid to not say pecan and Matt looked at me so proud because he's from Massachusetts and the two of them have been like informing me on how to say that word and I'm like you guys I'm just gonna say it how I say it and then when I said pecan instead of pecan my mom was horrified so there you have it um I I every once in a while I'll be in a conversation with like you know a person at a checkout or whatever and they'll be like wait where are you from <laughs> You do because you have you you've gotten rid of most of it, you know. Yeah, what I mean, no, it's, it's only I mean, a few we've, things. We've lived in America now for eleven years. I mean, that's more than half of my adult life. So, my, you know, my accent's very watered down now, and you know, I I got all patriotic and the fourth, and we're gonna apply for citizenship now. So, like, it's you know, this is this is our home, and I've I've really come to fall in love with this country. I still love you, Canada. I'm just saying, I have two loves now. <laughs> And, um, and I, I love hope you that we differently. do. I hope that we do a whole show on questions that you're asked for your American citizenship <laughs> test. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Third grade history, right here. So it's it's awesome that I've I'm uh, about to have a fourth grader, so um, she can she can help uh, help me study. Yeah, I think I have to know like all the stuff about the Patriots and the Civil War, and uh, I, I've I've helped with a few homework assignments. Matt no, is, I mean, um, Cole is really, really into American history. So if you want to spar with him, I'm sure I can get a Skype call set up. Done. Done. So I'm going to go not study my American history and instead <laughs> uh, get some Z's. Look at that. Z's. <laughs> get some get Z's. Some Z's. It just nope. doesn't make sense. It's not like how it's supposed to be said. Like if you said, I'm going to get some Z's, I'm going to be like, what is a Z? I don't. I don't know what that means. Indians just don't say that sentence. Because it doesn't make sense if you do. 
Australia, I love you, but it doesn't make sense. Um, every English speaking nation <laughs> in the world, I, other I, than America, has Z and not Z. I mean, we can talk about whether or not, you know, color should, should be spelled with a U and all that. But there are very few things that I'm like, I'm, most of the time I'm like, yeah, I don't know why Americans do that. But in this case, I'm like, it totally, it's not a Z. There's no Z sound when you use the letter. I don't understand. So you know how when you're spelling something out for someone on the on the phone and you're like, B is in boy, D is in dog, and you have to do that whole thing. Yeah. Z is like just one more. But when it's Zed, it doesn't rhyme with things, and you have. But you don't say letter, boy. Don't... The letter B is not boy. The letter B is B. So the letter Z is Z, and then you could say as in Zed. Anyway, I'm not going to argue this with you. I clearly feel very passionately about it, and I have no idea why. It really doesn't matter in the context I mean, of things. I think you maybe are a little bit tired and need to have some sleep. <laughs> I'm wound up tight. I need some melatonin glasses. <laughs> Too much blue light. That's it. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Alrighty then. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for listening to The Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. muted and talking to the words yeah i don't know what you're talking about i was not never on, happened before i was not on mute at all <laughs> it's especially funny when i'm like what do you mean you can't hear me like it's not like why wouldn't i just check the mute <laughs> um it's a learning curve uh four years in that's all i'm saying right hey on june 3rd 1943 um, I was not alive. Me neither. Even though we all know I'm so old, <laughs> just not. At, well, you, were, you were born just a couple months later. So. Mm-hmm. I'm a November baby. It'll be fine. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk actually before that because at some point there will be like, wait a minute, how many pounds of meat do I need to get for your kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> Hang on, uh. this is not just double anymore. This is quintuple the food. Yeah, there's a situation. I mean, we make two chickens. I'll just put that out there. I always make two chickens anyways, but for the leftovers, not for the just one night. So Yeah, we get we get like a breast leftover from two chickens. I don't know okay. what's wrong with them. They're growing. I think I think they might have a worm. I mean, is that a thing? Like the thing is is that Wesley is the smallest and he eats the most. I don't understand. I mean, uh, he's the Mexican jumping bean. Like, he never stops moving. So his metabolism is crazy. But that kid, if, like, if you sat him down in front of a buffet with a chair, he wouldn't ever stop. Like, it would just, he would just keep going. It would never stop. Like, he, he just is insane. It's crazy. You'll see. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.